0: Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyover Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyover Labs. This is Dave Cruz from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and today we're lucky enough to have Trish Barbato with us. And Trish is the Senior Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Partnerships at Rivera Living. And Rivera is a huge senior living company uh, located in Toronto, Canada. They own or manage over 500 properties and serve over 45,000 seniors. So that's a lot. So so Trish is in charge of bringing innovation and new partners into Rivera, which is a tall order, but quite an interesting one. And and that's why I brought on Trish to the show. Um, I just want to talk to her about how she thinks about innovation in this field and her vision for senior housing. So it's, it's a really interesting and, and timely topic, I think. So uh, Trish, thanks for uh, joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. So happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And uh, so maybe before we get into what you're doing right now, do you, could you give us a, a little background on how you came to be a Head of Innovation? And uh, that would be great so we get to know you a little bit better.
1: Yeah, well, I think Sometimes uh, you just have to be in the right place at the right time. (laughs) I think that was uh, a bit of what happened with me. I've been with Riviera for almost seven years, and I was running their home care division. And when we decided to divest that, uh, the company had innovation as one of its pillars for the strategic plan. And the CEO approached me to, instead of going with the divestment to stay on and lead this role, which also includes the IT department. And so it was a, a wonderful opportunity for me. And at the time, this was about a year ago, it was really ground zero. There was nothing in place.
0: Wow, interesting. Okay. And what, uh, yeah, so we have to talk about that. That's uh, that's not easy. What about uh, before Rivera, what did, uh, What were some of your positions and um, projects you worked on at other companies?
1: Yeah, so I have a great job. Uh, background in home care. I'm a a CPA. I'm an accountant by background. So I've worked in hospitals, long-term care, skilled nursing. I've worked in mental health. I've worked in community services, and I've had uh, president and CEO roles. I've had chief financial officer roles, CIO roles, uh, chief operating officer roles. So I've been uh, really blessed in my career to have senior executive positions in a real cross-range of for-profit, not-for-profit,
0: across the healthcare continuum. Interesting. And, and do you think that's why you were a, a good fit for the innovation, uh, head of innovation, it, because you've had such a, a, a wide breadth in your career of covering different areas? Yeah,
1: Definitely. I think it's partially that the CEO felt I had the skills that would be able to execute on the innovation agenda, and then just partially in terms of timing and, and the opportunity coming up.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. And so as head of innovation, you know, what's, what's your role? Of course, to be innovative, but what does that mean? You know, what, do you, what are your priorities and what are you expected to do?
1: So I have uh, broken innovation into a number of components, and one of them is around incremental innovation, which is what you think about when you think about asking staff how we can improve your department or your area. And so, in that one, we created a, a challenge this year, and we asked our sites to come up with one great idea, engage their residents, engage their staff, and then we got um, almost a 100 ideas. Those were vetted and the t- through our innovation council, and the top 20 are doing a shark's tank, dragon's den style <laughs> nice. pitch event next week. And so, that is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to broadcast that through a webinar across. The country, so that people can watch it and uh, cheer their team on, and that sort of thing. So that's been great.
0: Interesting. And so, uh, and all right. And so that's that's the incremental change. How about uh, do you look at the bigger, bigger picture change as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we have another pillar that we call transformational innovation, and in this one, I would say we've got a new program called Innovators in Aging. So, the Innovators in Aging program is a program where new companies or early-stage companies can apply. We have a process for them to be assessed. And uh, basically, if they meet our business criteria, which is to enhance the resident experience, engage employees, find efficiencies, increase revenue, etc., if they sort of fit into that and it makes sense and it's aligned to one of our priorities, we would put them through a process of piloting within sites, Uh, being assessed through those pilots for outcomes, potentially receiving money from us. So we have a $20 million uh, fund that's available over the next five or six years to support companies to scale. And so we're also uh, working with that. And we had a great example of one, for example, that is a product product fits outside of a brief. So if you can imagine in residential facilities where people are being checked um, needlessly or changed needlessly and their sleep is interrupted or their dignity is compromised. And so this is a way for an alert to go automatically to the staff and the person doesn't have to be actually checked. You sort of know when they need to be changed and and uh, that sort of thing. So that was a, a bit of a win-win in the sense that we were able to support the company. We invested and um, and aligned them and supported them to find other partners and pilot in our sites, et cetera.
0: Well, that's a great example. So uh, how, how do you find those companies? Are they Do they find you kind of those third-party companies that you bring in?
1: That's a great question. I would say that it's uh, happening – the more the word gets out there, the more we get inundated with. uh So I don't think so the supply side seems, pr- seems pretty rich. There's also some great strategic partnerships, which is another one of the pillars that I've been working on is finding like-minded organizations that help us with that both uh, push and pull of innovative ideas. So one of them is called Aging 2.0. Aging 2.0 is a Ecosystem out of San Francisco and they bring together capital. So venture capital and other capital partners. They bring industry people like ourselves and, and others in those home care, continuing care, skilled nursing, independent living, et cetera. And they also have the innovators and startups and uh, that sort of thing. And so they, they had just, they're just doing a global startup search and we hosted one in Toronto, but these are being hosted in cities around the world where pitch events are happening that are Aging 2.0 sponsored, and the pitch winners will then move on to the global pitch competition. So in Toronto, we had six companies pitch. I was one of the judges. That just happened a couple of nights ago, and it's really incredible some of the things that we're seeing. Um, One of the the really interesting ones was a couple of kids. They are in high school, if you can believe this, and they have developed a uh, sensor that just goes on your wrist, kind of like a watch. But what it what it measures is heart condition, ECG. And what happens is, if you go into any kind of cardiac arrest or anything that would require emergency services, it automatically calls emergency services and sends them to your GPS location.
0: Wow, that's slick. It- Huh.
1: Right. They're in high school. I just that's want to amazing. That. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that, that's like crazy.
0: That that makes me feel very underwhelmed by, by my, no, my thinking by myself. <laughs> right. Totally. totally. <laughs> I was
1: totally.
0: not doing that in high school. Interesting. I I, I love those stories. Um, yeah, and that was good. And, and to that, is there, I, I was curious, you know, if, if anything got you really excited that you've seen, because I'm sure you've probably seen quite a few companies and technology, so what's excited you and, but then also what do you think's missing or, um, you know, what are some of these companies missing from the big picture or are they missing anything? You know, cause they might have a, an interesting technology, but how do you actually integrate that in a day to day? Um, yeah. Do you see?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you've kind of, uh, you've sort of answered the question. I would say that probably if I think about, well, let's start with the positive. I mean, what I'm, what I feel most excited about and I'm inspired by all the time. And I don't know if this is a confluence of the entrepreneurship engine that I think has been inspired by programs like Shark Tank and Dragon's Den in Canada and other programs like that, where we're seeing a lot more young people interested in solving aging problems. I just find that fascinating. Uh, the company. If we stick to the example I gave you of that continent's company, these are young men in their 20s who spent time walking around in brief to really <laughs> understand what does this feel like. They lived in a home for six months.
0: Whoa. So you wow. know who?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Like who does who does that? <laughs> and you know, the kind of the kind of insight that they were able to gather because of that, I think, was quite phenomenal. And so I am, I would say that the, the thing that inspires me the most is that, is, is seeing young uh, entrepreneurs who are interested in the aging space, who are really trying to make a difference, and they have such bandwidth. I mean, I think about these guys, my goodness, they, they probably have five other problems that they saw while they were living there that they could solve for us, which is fantastic. So, um, and then, and then I think when you when you talked about what's missing, it's almost exactly what you said. I think that the technology in healthcare is clunky. It's um, it's not the kind of technology that is easy to have API, easy to have integrations with, and um, and that to me is a is a big problem. We don't have nimbleness in healthcare. The, the whole healthcare arena is uh, bureaucratic. And it's slow to change and it siloed. And I feel like if we can, if with the help of innovation, if we can start to integrate more easily, more readily, where um, we make it much more seamless for frontline staff to do their job and do it well, then that, that's going to revolutionize healthcare. care.
0: Gotcha. And like this incontinence, it sounds like it could, because it's more of a visual cue, which is nice. Is that, mm-hmm. uh, do you have, do you have other ideas around that? How to make it more seamless? Um, put you on the spot. Well, I, or...
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally, ideally, if I'm a, if I am a nurse or a frontline uh, service staff provider, I should be able to on my phone easily do my job. So hmm. it, right from whether it's documentation of the things that are happening with uh, the people who I'm serving or it's getting the alerts that you're talking about, even though they might be coming from five different innovations or wherever they're coming from, those need to easily integrate into the health record. Um, it needs to be a simple communication tool for me to speak to, whether it's family members, whether it's my my colleagues, uh, and this all needs to be able to be done without, again, with, with a lot of um, uh, customer usability um so that needs to be high in order for that that function to work well that that's what i would like that would be the dream would be that we accomplish that
0: gotcha like kind of a completely integrated system for your employees to to manage the day-to-day and uh bring up any problems and issues that's 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 interesting and and where are you at now with that or how do you yeah and i
1: yeah, I think it's, um, like I said, part of the problem is that there, there are big legacy systems that sit in hospitals or sit in skilled nursing facilities, independent living, retirement homes and trying to, you have to start with something as your kind of base. And then, and then it's hard to add on to that. And, um, you know, so yeah, so we're working on it. We're working with our partners. And, and I think again, I think that over time, someone's going to solve this. Someone's going to figure out how to make this much, much easier and uh, we're looking forward to piloting that <laughs> and putting it through our
0: Innovators in Aging program. I like it. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. You have such a good yeah, – I, I love your attitude. You know, I mean, that's why uh, I always like it when some of these larger companies have people who are in innovation because, you know, that's what drives the change, and you guys are – you're so open to ideas, and, and you have a lot of good ideas yourself, and uh, you can quickly assess whether ideas idea is interesting or not. So it's that's quite valuable. Um, and and I was and I was curious going back to the Shark Tank idea, which is really good. I mean, that that's, sounds pretty fun. I might want to check out the the webcast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's private, but um, <laughs> if, if if uh, you know, let's say two or three of those ideas are really striking and you're like, wow, this is really interesting. Would you guys develop that internally, or how would you bring about like an, an internal innovation like that?
1: Yeah, I think some of them um might be things that we could do, we could work internally with, but I think some of them will lend themselves to partnering with companies that we perhaps have seen, but we didn't know how they would fit in. Uh So, for example, one of the areas that people want improvement on is the dining experience, especially for people who have uh, trouble with solid food. So they want food that... Um, altered diets that are visually appealing that still look like what they're supposed to look like. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that, again, goes back to dignity and independence. And so, you know, again, that might be something that if that's one of the winners, it, we would start to look at the market and see what exists currently. Uh, we have a lot of other options. I mean, one of the things in innovation that's really taking a hold is doing either hackathons or prize money, so, you know, getting getting a group together, there's a whole infrastructure now for hackathons. So you can give, you can throw a problem out there, you can have a weekend where people can get together, and, uh, you know, there's some kind of prize for it, and there you go. They've designed a custom solution for you. And that's something that um, might be another option for us in doing, and we would certainly be willing to explore.
0: Interesting. Okay. And I was going to ask about food later, but since you uh, brought it up, I, I was curious if... Uh... Yeah, it, what you're thinking about around – if we have thoughts around food and health, it, I, we you know, you gave the vision kind of from the employee standpoint, which is really interesting. Um, but how about from the – do you have any thoughts on, on food and where uh, you want it to go or what you're looking for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we just did uh, – Rivera actually uh, has a report that they're going to be issuing next week, and it's on independence and choice. And that's one of the main – themes that's coming out of the demographic that is aging is that that is so important to them to have independence and choice. And if you think about the way that um, facilities are kind of structured right now, you know, generally the food's not that great. It's hard to give a lot of choice because you're trying to feed a lot of people, you're trying to serve food at the same time to a big group, and you're doing that day after day. And what if we turn that on its head? And what if people could eat, you know, what they wanted, when they wanted, um, and how do we accommodate that? How do we accommodate more independence and choice in the dining experience? Definitely an area that we're looking at. It's a really important component of people's lives, and it's, a, it's kind of like a highlight of the day, and it's definitely an area that we want to see some winners in our pitch event next week.
0: Interesting. And do, do you provide food service at most of your facilities?
1: Yeah, well, all of it, all of all them.
0: All of them. Okay, so all yeah. all your facilities are, and we didn't talk too much about exactly what is Rivera. I gave the the brief, poor, poorly intro, but uh, um, it's uh, you know, you you have over five hundred um, communities you um, manage or own, uh, and what what type of uh communities are those? Are they assisted living or mm-hmm. um, nursing mm-hmm. homes or? Yeah,
1: we have a full range. Okay. So we have just senior completely independent seniors apartments and then we have um independent living we have assisted living we have memory care we have uh long-term care so like skilled nursing facilities we have the whole range
0: interesting okay yeah so you've got a lot to think about because like each one of those probably has their own needs and uh yeah so you almost have four or five businesses you're trying to think about from the innovation standpoint i mean some of them will have crossover but uh right you know, that makes your job just that much more interesting we'll say <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah
1: and, and then how can you and, and thinking about how you can, can program things that have a general framework but then sites have freedom within that framework
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: so you're not so you're not taking the all of the autonomy away from from sites to do something that's much more local or much more um, a, a custom or a tradition that happens in their local community or region.
0: Hmm. That's good, and you wouldn't have happen to have an example off the top of your head where that came into play? Uh,
1: yeah, there's oh gosh, there's so many. Okay. <laughs> um, even even when you think about art, so we had um, you know sort of standard art that was in our facilities, and the people in the West in our in the prairies complained like crazy because there was all this art that had water, you know, ocean, boats, things that they don't, are not as meaningful to them. And um, and so the art program was actually redesigned to make sure that it took into account the, the geography. And I would say that was also true in terms of, if you think about what, um, people eat in the West coast where they wanted to see fish on the menu more than um, let's say in some of our other regions where meat was more of a focal point during their regular lives before they moved into one of the communities. And so thinking about those things and, and trying to, again, give that independence and choice was really important. Hmm,
0: interesting. Okay. And so you have a, lots of companies coming at you you have internal projects how how do you figure out what to work on and you know what what's the process because you only have so much bandwidth in your team and um mm-hmm. and so yeah how do you decide is it uh, do you score projects is it kind of a gut feeling do you look at the ROI how will, And you mentioned how it'll impact the seniors as well of course yeah how do you uh what goes through your head yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we last year uh, I did a pretty comprehensive survey that went out to residents, family members, and staff. We had over 400 respondents, and that allowed us to hone in on priority areas, which included, interestingly, the uh, responses differed. So if you're a family member, they cared about communication the most, Hmm. ease of communication. If you were a resident, you cared about dignity, so they cared about continence. That was actually one of their main areas. And then if you were a staff member, you cared about risk issues like falls, wounds, and that sort of thing. So um, it gave us a pretty good idea of the sort of four, five priority areas that we wanted to zoom in on initially. So that was a really good process. And I would say speak to, you know, make sure you're getting the voice of the residents. Another great program that we just launched is Resident Innovation Ambassadors. These are residents that are in our homes, living in our homes. So we have two right now, one in the east and one in the west. Their job is to ensure that they give us direct input. They're on the innovation council. They'll be one of them will be part of the judging panel next week. So we're really trying to make a focal point is that the voice of the customer, the voice of the president is at the decision making table is right there to give their viewpoint and their insight. And I think that that is uh, really important to make sure that you're going and you're prioritizing correctly and you're making the right decisions.
0: Interesting. And so did you, did you set all this up in the past year? Yes, lots been of past- <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Great. Yeah. There's a whole infrastructure that, that didn't exist. So I'm very proud
0: of wow. that. And so have you kind of uh, worked with people of innovate, head of innovation at other companies to, put some of these processes in place I would, I would yeah absolutely yes, I would think that's what, you, what you've done here is a lot
1: <laughs> I always tell people I don't like reinventing the wheel so basically I steal ideas as much as humanly <laughs> possible
0: I like it so my
1: first uh, yeah my first order of business when I took on this role is I reached out um, I just used LinkedIn I cold called people and said can you just talk to me for 15 minutes I want to understand how you do innovation in your company I did a bit of a uh, you know, review of literature that's sort of out there and books. And, uh, but certainly talking to people who have, who either have this kind of thing in their companies. What's interesting is that it's not that established yet, especially in my sector, but that might be true of many sectors where there isn't sort of someone that's thinking about this and making it a priority in their company. And that is a shame. That is a shame.
0: No, I agree. I mean, I think it's becoming more prevalent, but to your point, there's a lot of companies that do not have people in, in innovation, but for people in, in startups and technology, I think it's really exciting when they do because it's, it's kind of like the, the, the door to a, a company to build a partner. Like before it's like, well, who do we talk to? But now the innovation folks are, you know, hungry for new ideas and yeah. So it's, it's great. And it sounds like you're a quite a good uh, spokesperson for for that, which is nice. Um, how, so, so I'm curious with, uh, like this incontinence product, how, how do you, do you have a process in place and maybe it's not a formal process, but when you identify an external innovation, like how oh, this is pretty interesting, this could really help us. How do you, what's the process to take it from the initial conversation all the way to making it mainstream? And it, maybe you haven't made, made it anything mainstream <laughs> just since you've only been there a year, but, how do you kind of test out an idea and uh, work with an external team?
1: So we like to look at the, the people behind the innovation. So are they focused on what they're doing? Are they fully committed? Uh, that's really important. Who are you going to be working with? So we definitely spend time thinking about that and, and uh, interviewing them around that. And then the other part is really just testing their their product in our site and listening to our residents and the staff and the family members on how is it working for them, is it it does it meet their needs, and if that's working, then we move to thinking about an investment.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And and if you bring in external innovation, do you typically invest in that company before uh, bringing them to using their product
1: yeah we would we would try and get a small equity stake ideally um, but not always but that's you know something that we definitely try to do and then um, and then and then if we can obviously we want to support them to scale and using our network as a starting point is a really good one
0: okay gotcha gotcha and we're nearing the end here but I got a couple more questions. Well, two or three, and one of them is around kind of your vision for the the home. And from the perspective of, you know, you mentioned that the employees, they care a lot about safety. Um, How, yeah, how? what are you looking at in order to try to make uh, these apartments and homes safer, um, you know, from falls or whatever it might be?
1: Yeah, so we, um, for example, with falls, that's an interesting one, because people want to try to walk. They don't want to use their walker. Um, So in some ways, you want to have to balance letting people try and be independent with needing to help them. There's a a product, actually, that is like um, an airbag deployment. So it's, I know, very interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, it's like a belt that um, you put around people, especially ones who are at risk of falling, but they still want to walk. And if they're falling, the hip it uh, inflates, so it it totally reduces the risk wow. of a of a hip fracture.
0: That's slick. Huh. Have you have you seen it? Does it does it seem to work?
1: Yeah, we've already talked to them. They were still too early stage with their prototype, but we have them on our um follow up for twenty seventeen.
0: Okay. Well and that leads in the perfect uh um my next question is you know, for a, a startup or a, a company with a the technology that could be you could be interested in, like do you have advice for them? Like at what stage should they approach you? How should they approach you? Um yeah, what what should they have a a product ready to go on the market, or could they approach you earlier on to get feedback?
1: Yeah, we, we have a process that we use to, again, have people come in. We vet it through our subject matter experts. So these are clinical people or culinary people, food services, etc. And then we vet those against our priorities, and then we'll be in touch with folks that kind of make it through that initial screening. Um, so the best thing to do is, you know, just to reach out to us again, you can do that through our website, RivieraLiving dot and um, and then we kind of take it to our process from there.
0: Interesting. Okay, and uh, and last question for those we we and we touched on it, but for those uh, people at the companies who want to set up an innovation team, you know what what advice do you have for them? It sounds like they should probably hire you to help implement it, but uh-huh. <laughs> what? I can, I can call-
1: <laughs> um, the most important thing is to assign the job to somebody. It can't be you. Cannot do innovation from the side of your desk. <laughs> Somebody's job has to stay in it. You are responsible for creating an innovation culture, or you know, driving innovation into our company. Um, if you don't have that in your company, I guarantee it will never happen.
0: Interesting. And and how do you, you know, create milestones or? Uh... Goals for the innovation team because you know, it's a, it's a little different than some other departments. You know what what defines success? I guess. How would you set that up?
1: Yeah, so we've ha- I've had to do that for myself, but I've you know also done it across. So partly it's certainly at the beginning, it's just setting up the framework, and so your your success is related to getting things done. But you know, ultimately, my measure of success will be that we have implemented products and services and technologies into our homes that make a difference to the residents and the families that we serve. That will be ultimately the measure of success. So I can have um, satisfaction scores go up. I can have employee engagement scores going up. I might have an efficiency, a revenue, um, a clinical outcome improved. So I think that once you get into it, you can actually drive to a based performance for the role.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, I think that just about does it for time, which is too bad. Uh, but, uh, that's how it goes. So, uh, Trish definitely uh, appreciated coming on the show is fascinating. And you're, uh, you're doing a lot of, uh, interesting, but also meaningful work and uh, helping cause, uh, we're all getting older. So <laughs> eventually we'll all be there. So hopefully we'll have a better and better experience as uh, time goes on. So it's great what you're doing. And thanks for, uh, sharing the, your, your thoughts and stories with us.
1: You're welcome. Totally my pleasure.
0: And uh, thanks, everyone, to, for listening to a, another episode of Flower Labs. And I definitely appreciate it. And I'll see you next time.